Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And, you know, this week we're going to, you know, continue down that, uh, that path that we started last week with the uh, cybersecurity and additive manufacturing. Um, and, you know, this week... You know, we're going to go towards the mitigation strategies. You know, last week we talked about awareness. Mm. And, you know, we learned that last week that, you know, cybersecurity awareness is, you know, everybody's job at this point. You know, make sure you're not downloading anything you shouldn't be downloading. Make sure your files are clean. Um, you know, yeah. and, and it just, you know, basically protect the asset. Um, you know, and this week we're going to go a little bit more in depth on, like, mitigation strategies and kind of, like, Know, what we can do to mitigate the the risks of you know some of the stuff that you know that could come about you know ranging from you know encryption to you know whatever else we come up with hey most of it's encryption or some type of encryption <laughs> yeah yeah let's talk about air gapping yeah that's true but well, you know the thing is is when we start talking to that I guess you know it, it's gonna be one of those where you know everybody's gonna have a different idea and then we're gonna kind of walk around the room and you know see what kind of happens but you know what do y'all think? Like I said before, like we talked about before, I think CIA, you know, we talked about it before, confidentiality, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, basically what you want to do is segmentation. Segmentation should be the first thing. Mm-hmm. The, the reason I argue for segmentation because you have a DMZ somewhere, so your DMZ should stay your DMZ. Whatever the point of uh, entrance is for... Um, or your edge, whatever your edge is, should be separated from your actual home network. Mm-hmm. So the first thing to do is to segment those two things. That way you have a DMZ for just getting out, and all, all it's for is getting out. Yeah. Uh, if you want to pull something in, you can pull something in, but not from that portion of the network and pull it into the other portion of the network. Um, and then a few other things that would probably be wise is probably set up some type of NOS. And the NAS should be basically getting rid of the USB stick. You you do mm-hmm. something that, you know, hey, I can put all of my files here and only these type of files are here. I only allow this type of file. Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that's probably a good place to start a segmentation. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think, I think the question then becomes like, it, it gets a little bit deeper because we were talking about cloud and yeah, stuff like that. But when you you talk fabulous. about physical data and files and and you know hard mm-hmm. drives and things like that, um, and and then you talk about you know um, virtual and, and VMs and things like that. I, to me, it's different types of of mitigation. Those things. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. Like if there's a local local machines, I can plug some things into that, and I'm trying to control my own network. Mm-hmm. You absolutely should segment. Um, one of the just just all I'm saying is from that just from the outside. So if you're using cable, right, or if you're using whatever type of annotated technology that is not cable, or if you're using a a Wi-Fi spot, right, mm-hmm. that Wi-Fi spot should not be the entrance point oh, so to your actual door. network. Right. Those two things need to be separated. Right. So well, basically, that, that becomes the firewall. Mm-hmm. That you have a firewall in between the DMZ zone. And your actual home yeah. wireless network. It's the use you of a segment the two of an intranet. You know, it, it's setting up an intranet. That's that's what I meant. For cybersecurity bouncers, right. or, you know, if you will. <laughs> so, pretty much what you do is you have an out an outside network. Like if you bring in, say, you bring in an STL, for example, in from an outside network, so you bring in the, the first exclusion zone. Hmm. The first exclusion zone. That's where I'm gonna I'm gonna scan it. I'm gonna run it through all the scans, all this other stuff, and then once I confirm that hey, it's clean. I can move it over into the intranet. Mm. That that's where my printer will be attached to if it's network attached or right. anything like that, because it won't have any communication to like Yahoo or Google. Mm, exactly. It would, it would have communication to whatever you know the the, the the mini server sitting under the desk that's sitting there collecting dust for the past twenty years. Yeah. You know. Right. You know. Or IMAP that, or right. whatever it is, your old style right. email you servers. Know, it, it, you, got, you got some people out there that for the love of me. They, they love the old freaking, you know, the tape drives and stuff like that. So you never know. They may have one of those in the house. Um, Hello? I got an old coworker they, that probably would. They are reliable. They are reliable. Magnetic, <laughs> magnetic yeah. media is reliable. Yeah. 
my, my, my buddy Tyler Piper point. got arrested, so to, he, he to loved them damn. Put another magnet Over time, that will deteriorate. Yeah, you know, my buddy Ty Piper freaking got arrested, so he used to love them tape drives. Holy crud. He probably still has a lot of them. He probably did. Yeah. Um, wouldn't doubt it. But the thing yeah. is, if you think about it, it's the only way that you know that, you know, how, how much can you steal this microfish? You know? <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. Yeah. But it's, it, it's like, it's building out, you know, the entrance and the exit endpoints. And the thing is, you can, like, control that with, like, different ports and stuff like that, like secure FTP. Like, you can only get into your intranet moving files is using secure FTP. If you want to move it to a server that had to deal with your um, with your printer, your printer's going to be on its own on, own intranet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to secure FTP that from one machine to another machine. And then that machine is only on a network that's technically, if I'm using network topology, mm-hmm. if I VLAN it out, that VLAN doesn't connect to the internet. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to FTP it from one VLAN to another VLAN because I can see into that my intranet from the outside, at least from that PC, as my bridge PC, and VLAN in, but I'm going to drop it in via you know, secure FTP, then everything's kind of kosher. Essentially, it has to be on the local network. Right, itself. exactly. And, and with that, with VLAN, you also are segmentating, which means that this portion of the network has an IP range, and this portion of the network has an IP range, mm-hmm. which by, by default, they're isolated. Mm-hmm. So if I'm compromised yeah. in this IP range, there is a possibility if I have everything configured VLAN wise. Correctly. Yeah. If I have some firewall or some rules set up to say, mm-hmm. hey, this is this area and this is this area, I separate the two things. So you can even go further with the segmentation deeper. Yeah. You can create it, a VLAN it, inside of a VLAN and stuff like that and really yeah. start breaking it out. It really depends on your bandwidth. <laughs> right. Actually, no, not really. No? Um, because if you think about it, all you're doing is you're taking two, you're taking one stream of traffic and turning it into the same stream of traffic. It's just going down two different pipes. Hmm. So, like, I may have a laptop in one room that's 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 taking this off my network. That's on this VLAN. I got another network that's on another PC in another room that's taking off the same network, hmm. same VLAN or two different VLANs. However, it's the same data entry. So it's like having two devices on the same pipe. So you're using hmm. the same amount of data. Yeah. You're just you just and your your data speeds aren't dictated based on on a VLAN, right? Exactly. It's based on machine instead of total. Right. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I mean, what is your capabilities of the of the VLAN? So I do think we need to go back to John's original idea because I think we kind of broke his train of thought. Oh no! Just, I have, just to go down that path. Just actually, for what, no, no, no. That's what I wanted. That's yeah. what I wanted. He, okay. he was hoping we were going to take. I wanted we're, you we're to go gonna, deep and explain the segment. I like the segmentation and things like that. Well, because that's the first layer. Yeah. Like, like yeah. segmenting your network. What well, first? Whatever you're connecting to the Y, the the WL, the WLAN, yeah. the WLAN. Yeah. Whatever connects to the WLAN needs to be separate from the LAN. Yeah, and please, mm-hmm. please secure it and 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 use for and and, and screen your files. Firewall, yeah, yeah, firewall. A lot of people don't. Firewall, network, network, firewall, network. Not, hey, I'm gonna take this device. This is the one point of failure mm-hmm. to to corrupt my network. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At least make it to where somebody has to do some work or is knowledgeable enough to know that you have some entry points that could be uh, compromised. Yeah. That right. there is no system air gap. <laughs> That will not have a security risk mm-hmm. other right. than the system that is not yeah. connected to the internet. Yeah. There are people who do run internal. I was gonna home. say, yeah, no, no, go ahead. Sorry, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt. No, no. But like, you're, you're saying like, there's never gonna be complete, you know, um, you know, absence of risk because. You throw a human in there. <laughs> you, you, done, you just that, that do a monkey wrench. That, that 1% is always going to cause the problem. <laughs> it's going to be user error, probably. And even <laughs> that's at a risk because if you are not developing your own files yeah. to upload to said yeah. printer, you are taking the risk that somebody put a, tra- a Trojan horse or put some block of code not in the file but in the firmware on the actual USB that you're right. using yep. to put into your device. So what I would advise everybody to do, if you get it from the intranet, 
scan it. Mm-hmm. Scan it. Yeah. And scan it again. And if you're not sure, maybe you get a a donor uh, system. Installed on it. Installed on a donor system. Hey, good there. I'll put it on network. this one. Yeah, off yep. your network. Yeah, off your network. <laughs> you, well, you have to get it to your yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. Then you have to scan it. Yeah. So you have to try it on your donor yeah. system. Yeah. And then, hey, it worked fine on here. Now you can if apply you're it to a donor your... system, please rip the Wi-Fi card out of it. Well, donor system. If you have a donor system and you still install it, it's still an infection network because you didn't rip the Wi-Fi card out of the darn thing. So when we say donor system, I'm thinking Gen 1 3D printers. So I'm thinking the first ender. Technically, the last ender is the same uh, as the first ender. I, I don't want to. Well, wanna. when I say the first ender, <laughs> the first version of the ender that was released that did not have any access right. to the intranet and, at and all. It's like also yeah. if you suspect or Wi-Fi, if yeah, you suspect you have a issue with an STL, and you suspect that STL having problems, you can open it up and read the G code. It's not it's not rocket science, all right? You know, it, it, if for some strange reason it says execute.exe in the G code, y'all, that's not real G code. You just downloaded something that's yeah, you're executing a different file. G <laughs> code is geometric codes. It's the path your tool head follows. Yeah, it's not a like it's it's its own file, but it's not an exe file. Right. <laughs> so and also there is at most of these platforms that you're getting these files, mm-hmm. there are things to verify that it matches what they said it is. Yeah. If it says it's this size, authenticity, yeah. and you offload that to a, I I would run an advertisement if you're really like you know one of these insane people running around with a full hat. Then I would run in a virtual machine. And who cares if it destroys a virtual machine? Ed doesn't want you to know he's got his foil hat on. Oh, yeah. He's got hidden He brings it every cap. day. <laughs> well, I mean, so um, kind of getting back to what kind of the but, original thing I was, well, unless you wanted to keep going you're, you're on. Talking about, you're talking about hash checking. It's checking the hash, is, yeah. is through, through a, do, do, a, do a hash checker that makes sure the hashes actually match. Checks your algorithms and all that. Right. Yeah. But it's actually checking the digital fingerprint. Yeah. So it's making sure the digital fingerprint that you download and the, and the actual fingerprint of what it's supposed to be there is correct. However, I'm going to throw this one back on on everybody who's who's giving out um, STL files. You don't publish your hash. <clears throat> you don't publish what the hash is. So even if I did want to check it against a hash checker, I can't. Mm. Yeah. Because you don't publish it. And also, I think it depends on the rights, too, because some people want creative comments. Some people... It, like, it shouldn't matter. It should be whatever's stored on their PC, though. Yeah. On their network, it should be hashed. Yeah. As soon as you upload it, it gets a hash saying you've make uploaded it, a true file. Yeah, make it easier to, I guess, regulate that. Right. It's a serial number. That IP as well. So yeah. it's a serial number. So I'm checking mm-hmm. against that serial number to verify that serial yeah. number is valid. Yeah. But so, that, that but, hash... so it's not hard to add the hash technology into your websites. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's just do it. You know, I, I get it. You know, I'm a big fan of printables. A big thing of Thingiverse. You know, if I'm looking for something I can't find or build myself, I go there. But the thing is, have some layer of, ooh, you know, in there. You know, a layer of, you know, that'll make me feel better if I have that. You know, if I'm downloading something, you know, off there, hey, let me let me check the hash on it real quick. I understand you're giving me an, S, uh, a, 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 an STL file, so all is an image. However, that image can still have code in it that's not supposed to be right. It can be compromised. But the thing is, it's also you give me a. It's, I'm checking the hash on it, and also you're checking the metadata. Tell me what the metadata is. You know, don't don't hide the metadata. That's what most most of the time they're doing. If you expose the metadata, I'll tell you exactly what's going on with it. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're probably down into who made it. <laughs> exactly. Well, they'll when, tell you the exact computer came from. All that stuff. Yeah, I mean the. So I, I just kind of wanted to get to because uh, I wanted to dig deeper because uh, we're talking about what we're, we're talking about putting up and, and securing our, our our own service uh, if we have to do cloud based or if not we can kind of suggest other ways but for me I I'm thinking so we we've started at the hobbyist level like I just bought a printer I can connect connect to my network what are the steps that I should do to to secure my network. Of course, you should do you know many other things. Ed over here is a cybersecurity guru. You should listen to the man. He's not. I mean, he brings his foil hat for a reason. 
Uh, it's, 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 it's drives are great. Yeah, right. It's and not you that know, expensive. It's, <laughs> it's an authentic foil hat as well. You know, I can 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 approve that. But the other thing is, is what if what if we step into um, a more industrial or, or commercial environment with Ooh. lots of printers, <clears throat> lots of locations, maybe a couple printers at each location, or you have you know your entire shop floor is three D printers. So these smaller issues that we've already talked about become greater, larger issues. But of course, in a lot of industry, we figured out some some things about some some ways around that closed mm-hmm. networks, you know, Profinet cables and things like that. Uh, so, but those are, you know, similar to the ideas that you were just saying for the for the for your personal networks. So first thing, like I said, segmentation. Yeah. yeah. The first thing to any network, forget cybersecurity. All networks are built on segmentation. There is a limited amount of IP addresses we have mm-hmm. that we use in a certain range. Mm-hmm. That range is. I'm gonna use these values, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna reuse them. To do that, I have to segment this area from that area. This mm-hmm. area has to be independent of that area. The first thing with any printer is this area of printer is separate from this area of printer. Now, there is not one single point of failure. I got that, one. That is the key. Mm-hmm. I, I got something for that though, <clears throat> and just kind of, I'm gonna I'm gonna really spin your head on this one. Um, because it's something I would do, honestly, is I would do port-to-port communication. Each yep. printer would have its own port to activate off of. So another printer can't take anything the other pr- other printer's doing. But it also means that I've only got certain ports open on my network. I have a thousand ports to run off of. However, if I'm running a bank of four industrial like Stratasys machines, for example, mm-hmm. I only have open four ports. And that's my network to, yeah. to take that data in. And that's your mm-hmm. firewall. That's through the so, firewall. So the firewall itself is the cop. Right. The segmentation is the plan that you come up with to verify and make sure that I have enough access for each of these areas mm-hmm. because I do not want to repeat. What is the worst thing you can do in a network? Something mm-hmm. has the same IP address. Then you have collisions. Then collisions drop packets. Mm-hmm. Packets cause loss of communication. Then we have problems. Lost data. Yeah. That's why if you segment your network with firewall appliances Mm -hmm. because you don't have to at at that level if we're just at the level where we're a print farm we can go with firewall appliances as opposed to a full-blown firewall however that should be a cisco or a 40 net or something that's segmenting you from the actual wlan yeah You, you do not want the wlan to be the thing that the bad guy comes into and compromise your system mm-hmm. so everything you said is correct with the ports yeah if we're not using the ports they should be closed right if the ports are annotated uh technologies that we're using ftp no thank you yeah, secure. if it's not secure ftp i don't want it if yeah. it's not secure http i don't want it it's, either, it's not allowed it's either that or the other thing is if you're dealing with like a print farm each bank in my print farm can be its own vlan so if i have enough space on my on my switch each printer is going to be its own vlan mm. it's the same data it's just yeah. everything's and then the thing is i'm going to communicate to those those plc those those devices via either a network interface mm-hmm. or secure ftp if they're if they have their own interface i'm going to work with my develop my, my supplier to publish that interface over a certain port yeah. so all my printers will have different interface ports i think the port idea is so you won't have a so not everything will be 443 or 444 or anything like or 8080 one one more thing that is the same part of your network so we can't be lazy we also have to do monitoring whether we set up some type of thing to say Mm -hmm. here here are the uh here's the criteria we're looking for if it's outside this criteria is abnormal this is normal traffic uh the Two reasons for that. You want to know the health of your network. You want to know that traffic is good throughout your network. If I got this um, print that I'm trying to put on 10 or 20 machines, I don't want it to be good on five and the other mm-hmm. 10 have a problem. And mm-hmm. Now, at, at the at the commercial level, the one thing that you can't forget about is physical security. You know, if, if everybody, Joe Schmo, Schmuckatelli, and everybody, you know, in the gardener have access to your, you know, your lap, the, the, the device that's loading your printers, Mm-hmm. some trouble you know if i'm using a rfid or cat card 
for example, to communicate open unlock my unlock the PCs and stuff like that. And only certain people who have a cat card who have certain profile rights mm-hmm. have access to that PC. Now you've protected that PC down at the device level, at the asset level. So your asset, so the, and the thing is, is also in all these other machines, especially if you're using a straight assist or something like that, and you're going over the network to load your printer, whatever print you're going to print, please disable your network port, your, your, your USB port. You can go in the code and disable the darn thing. Just disable it. it it's network secure. It's, it, it's physical security 101. There's two parts in it. I think we, we do need to let John get back to his. Oh, no, you're fine. You you're already. You're already. Well, no, I want you to get back to your point. Yeah, it's it's going to get us to another another step. Mm-hmm. It's two portions to that. Nick is correct that you can, uh, one, if you need to use that port, that port can only be used by an encrypted USB stick. Yep, there you go. Yeah. Second, uh, I can physically lock that that particular uh, USB with a physical uh, device that keeps anything from being plugged into it. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, I can just disable that port so that it is not allowed to be used Mm-hmm. For that type of activity, <coughs> and then like I said, I want you to go a little further because I, I think we're gonna get onto something if you go a little further. Well, no, because I'm, I'm asking questions. Secure. Yeah. So that's another thing. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, once we once we secure the interface with an SSO and stuff like that, we've at least broken that. So you know, explain to them what an SSO is. SSO, <clears throat> SSO is a single sign-on. Mm-hmm. Um, a single sign-on is a either a standalone security device. Or it's a security device that's hooked up through your um, uh, uh, domain controller. It's using your domain control authentication, um, using your DCA and stuff like that. You have the you know program all in. Well, that's where you get your user accounts from. The thing you go in there, you set up different codes and stuff like that. Using Keycloak is probably the easiest way. Getting into a, a, a SSO where you're not having a whole lot of overhead and you just fire the VM and go. Um, and it is, um, it's got... Uh, 528-bit encryption or something like that somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so it's pretty heavy-duty encrypted, you know, service. Um, for example, if you're using Clipper and stuff like that, you can tie it to it as a as a as a device that locks out your um, your interface. Um, so you know you have that ability, and it's everything. It's it is part of your single sign-on. If you log into your email and it says use Google, okay, you just followed a single sign-on. Now, if you really want to be more secure. You'll set that single sign-on up for two, for two FA, yep. or two-factor two authentication, factor. where you'll have to use your uh, a Google Authenticator or something similar to provide a second level of authentication to that machine. And that's where the integrity come in in right. the CIA. So integrity is saying that yep. it's something I have and something I am. So mm-hmm. I have a mobile device, or I have some type of USB that's encrypted. Mm-hmm. Or it's also thing. me. It's my um, fingerprint. It's my mm-hmm. retina scan. It's mm-hmm. something that cannot be replicated because it's mm-hmm. unique to myself. Right. Right. Um, so so we kind of we kind of we jumped one little level deeper in the rabbit hole. And and one of the key things that I think you talked about is we. I mean, the first thing was segmentation. But but one of the beautiful things is that that segmentation. Um, it scales, so you can continue that on up, and then mm-hmm. now here's like kind of the penultimate or the, or, or the ultimate question, really, Uh-oh. is what if I want my cloud network to go across multiple plants and still be secure? I want to get my data out and in to each plant. I'm sending files from my plant to your plant to Nick's plant. How do I secure my network? So we don't want to send from plant to plant. We don't want plant to plant communication. Okay, so 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 like not normally all doors are open. normally. I'm going to go to 4.0, um, Industry 4.0 for a little bit. Okay. So the way Industry 4.0 works is that I have a unified namespace. No, I'm not saying that security is, you know, just trying to make a point. Mm-hmm. The unified namespace says, I am this zone. I am this area. I offload my data into this area. That data is normalized into this area. Then whoever needs to consume that data can consume that data. Mm-hmm. The same concept applies to security. I, I, I put it to a pool, and you pool the data that's only necessary for you, and you're only authorized to have the data that is, a, is <clears throat> pertinent to you mm-hmm. in your plant. You do not get to pool data that's internal to another plant. Right. Not from this pool. 
Well, you have to request special access. Well, you have to request special access. And that's where you go through like the SSO yeah. process and stuff like that. That's also, I, I, I don't mind cloud communications. I really don't. Um, I know I give Bamboo Lab shit. Um, well, they earned yeah, it. Yeah. Um, At a certain point, so, it's kind of inevitable. Yeah, they kind of earned that one. I mean, um, so, but <laughs> the, the thing is, um, I, have, I have an issue when you force me to use your cloud device to use my device. Um, no, another topic. Yeah, stay focused. Stay focused. Sorry. Oh, squirrel. Um, is <laughs> the thing is, if you're gonna use it, if you're gonna use a cloud device, please firewall the living donkey out of the damn thing. Okay, because set it up where you know what port it's coming through, where it's where it's communicating off of. How lock that darn thing down, like you know, nobody's tomorrow. And, and here's why I said one point of failure was bad. This is where one point of failure is good. If yeah. I need to pull the plug, I want to pull it on one port. I'm, yeah, I, I want to shut the port down and go, okay. And, but the thing is, is now... Uh, kill switch. But kill switch. Now, that's another thing. So if you're another plant wanting to consume... Yeah, panic button. ...from a you know central repository, yeah. that's when you would work through technical network protocol and you would open up certain ports through your firewall through the opposing firewall, central firewall, and then the local firewall to reach the data you need, you're only able to access over that port. That port is not published out. It is only published to the device that you're going to. So I know because how firewalls are configured, it's a to and from port yep. or a to and to port, depending on how you're looking at it. Port forwarding. So, yeah, port forwarding, but it also looks at your network traffic. So pretty much I would lock that port down to only your IP address. Yeah. And so, abnormal bandwidth yeah. would, would would make it yeah. automatically know this is happening. It's, it's, it's a smart it's a smart device, yeah. so it knows if you're trying to access more bandwidth than is necessary to do the yeah, main, I'd lock you basic out communication. Point, yeah. The device is configured to say no, thank you. Yeah, if, if if you know that you if you if you're downloading a file that's say 300 kilobytes, so that I know that your bandwidth probably consumption is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of maybe 600 kilobytes. Maybe or maybe a gig. I'd say gig at max. Mm. So I would lock you down at like probably like say one point five just to be on the safe side. Give you that extra half a gig to be to, to play left or right lateral limits here. Mm. So like if you went over that on a pole, I already know that I'm gonna shut your port down. So I may lock the port and we're have a conversation of why did you use that much bandwidth? Mm-hmm. You know, then you have to go to the old, 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 you know thing. Oh, I don't know, but you'd have to figure out why before I open the port back up. Mm-hmm. So, and, and but the thing is, is only that IP address, if that IP mm-hmm. address gets compromised, you can no longer communicate to my system until we open back up that port. Mm-hmm. And the important part you just said, explain to me why you are at normal. It is not my duty to tell you yeah. that you can come to the trough if you don't come to the trough with the right equipment. Right, exactly. You, you have no access to the trough if you're coming to the trough with four horses and you said you had one. Right. Yeah, exactly. Get a little extra bucket over there. Yeah. So, kind of to put it into, uh, um, like a, a, an example, I guess. So, uh, I'm running a business, you know, Champlain Enterprises, whatever. We're making, we're printing stuff, okay? We're printing automobiles. We're in the future, right? Um. So, essentially, what you're saying is, if you want me to have a secured system, and and I have multiple plants, you know, building whatever vehicle, uh, product, um. I should have a central repository mm-hmm. secured, like you guys said. It's still segmented, even if it's a central repository. You still have one way in and one way out, and you also well, probably still the, have say, like some pillars inside. It's that. segmented inside the network, mm-hmm. but the porting is controlled by your devices that allow mm-hmm. the traffic across the network. So then it has then it has a port or or, or some the type switch of itself switch or that's, yeah. right. the router or mm-hmm. uh, Gen two device that that right. does both. It has been given rules to right. say this is what this is where it's allowed. Mm-hmm. This is how much bandwidth I allow, mm-hmm. and this is how I allow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so we have that. Um, so what? So what, Nick? You're saying is, is that if I've got three plants producing, and let's say, so they're making the same variant, right? The same same product, mm-hmm. but this one needs to is in a certain place where the paint needs to be. Uh, a different, it can be the same color, but it needs to be a different uh, consistency because of whatever EPA, blah, blah, right. blah. So I should be able to check out my file of mm-hmm. my product, 
which by the way, if you haven't checked out, I think that none of the other plants should be allowed to check it yeah, out as well. Basic documents so you don't avoid avoid any conflicts of resaving. Welcome to SharePoint. Check it out, make your change, apply your change. Yep. If your change goes wrong, then we're back in your situation. Explain to me what happened. What did you do? What was your process and where did it have an issue? Do yep. you need assistance? Can we do we need more Resources. Yes. Where did you go? One more portion of that is you have to have remediation in place. I have to have a way to get back. Rollback. I have a roll. I need a rollback plan. You need a rollback plan. Yeah. Right. So, so what you're saying is, if I want to, if I want a, a very secure system, I need to be segmented. Segmented. I need to control my ins and outs. I need to control my ports and and what forwards and all that mm -hmm. stuff. What's come? What's what's leaving my network? And I can still make that cloud based because yeah, that's a centralized location, but that can still be connected. You know, through through your your intranet. There, there, there are certain IP addresses can reach to it. Yes. Oh, okay. And exactly. unfortunately, cloud based means that you're not the only client that has access to that cloud. So there's another level of security that has to be negotiated with whoever you're doing yeah, your. Unless you do a on-premise cloud environment. Correct. If you do an on-premise or self-hosted cloud environment, which we've seen those out there through Cisco, we've also seen them through um um. Oracle. Yeah. Um, I would right, say right, on a yeah. small scale, that's that's viable, but a company that's, um, say, on a, um, a, a like higher a level, yeah, it's going to be different. It's a little tougher. Be, because it's going to be tough. AWS because you have, so many, you have so many potential price points in yeah. each of those things that it you're trying to get. A lot of it adds up. And, <laughs> and don't forget, cloud-based is also usage. Yeah. yeah. It's usage. Yeah. So, so the whole thing, I was just trying to get it into like some type of an example because that that was that would be our picture of what what right. it should mm -hmm. look like. Um, I also want to bring to the uh, bring, you know, to the forefront that you, you don't have to do it yourself. Yeah. Oh no 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 absolutely not. No no no. You, you you don't need to do like you if you have a printer you built you know I'm or a product you built and I'm just trying to keep all these things secure. You can you know there is uh, software as a service. So there is mm -hmm. uh, platform as a service. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there is infrastructure as a service. Yep. So like, and, and also on all these levels, each each company can add its own yeah, level right. of encryption as well. So and like, you is, can just you have a lot of open source stuff, trouble. a lot of freemium. Yeah. Out there, yeah. Um, for example, um, um, we start talking about like Keycloak, for example. Keycloak is a industrial SSO. Mm -hmm. However, it's free. It's open source. It's got open source licensing. It's actually developed by Red Hat. Mm -hmm. So Red Hat puts Red Hat, the Red Hat kernel behind it, and actually, you know, builds it to their expectation of what they use inside their environment. Can we can we explain a little bit to them what's the benefit of having open source? What 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 is it? What happens or what? Without what does it mean to have open source and to have closed source? Without what, going what, too deep, just <laughs> real, don't real open simple, the rabbit hole. Real simple. <laughs> without, what without, goes without, in? What without is, digging? What is the core of open source? Open source is anything that is free and, well, I'm sorry, free to use. And we, it is actually maintained by the community. Exactly. That's it. That's, that's, that's simple what enough. Looking that, for. That's, that's what, what we're yeah. looking for. It is maintained by security-minded people. Mm -hmm. Hopefully. People that want no, to no. keep their... Security-minded people yeah. and people that vet the code because they are using right. said application. Now, the thing is, is so, but let's, let's sometimes not get it twisted when you start talking about open source. Because... I'm not example, saying it's perfect. Right. No, but the thing is, what I mean by not getting it twisted is because open source, like, a, a company can publish open source. So the company works on this, the couple publishes this code for the community to use and the community to ingest and the community to work on. However... The company that owns the software, the, 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 the code, is the ones that are doing all of the work behind it. For example, if you start talking about, like, Wildfly. They're, they're or, the owner. They are the owner. They well, make Red Hat is the owner. But I'm saying, what, you mean, what, he, what you're saying is, and I, I don't mean to cut you off. What you're saying is, because where we work, the yeah. same thing happens. There is applications and softwares that have been put inside of different cars. Those applications are being given to other people to play with. Hey, what can we do to make it better? Mm -hmm. Basically, what you're doing is you're cutting out the cost of having to do testing on it by having it open source. Right. It's also open to mm -hmm. the community. Yeah. And but the community, it's, it, the community doesn't edit the code base. 
So they can. They have the ability to. They can come up customize it. They have mm-hmm. the code. The public code is published. However, mm-hmm. 95% of the times people aren't messing with it because of the fact that it's yeah. maintained by a reputable company. You know, if it's maintained by mm-hmm. Joe Schmuckatelli and, you know, you know, you know Bob Lowe, mm-hmm. yeah, you're going to start messing with yeah. it a little bit. If you want to do a pull request and get your own copy. Right, exactly. Please don't edit, don't edit all. Don't, don't yeah. friggin' edit on master. And, and, um, and please the good thing out. about it, the good thing about it, Nick, if you find <laughs> a bug in the system, you, you can, report it. You can send it to, to the company and the company can verify. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to take your word that, hey, this is bad. It has to be reproduced. It has to be... Yep. I can. I must be able to do it more than once mm-hmm. to verify that this is an actual problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that is the greatest benefit of open source. Yeah, go, go take a you so, know, look at Git, GitHub, GitLabs. So back to your idea before we get off in the rabbit hole. We don't want to live it. We can have a whole episode back. of open yeah, source. Yeah, we'll have a whole episode of open source. <laughs> I think we got one. I think yeah. we do, actually. Yeah. <laughs> right but to just work, back to right your to original thought that you're trying uh, to, the point you're trying to make. You know, you beat me to it. Oh. <laughs> but you done ruined is, it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, well, no, you didn't beat me to it. I mean, you got a brain fart. But the thing is, is you got these guys out there, you know, they, you have this free and open source software that's available to you. It's already there. You have free VPN available to you. You have, um, uh, you know, the Wildfly instances set up if you want to JVM all your stuff, if you felt like it, doctorize it, whatever. Um, or if you really wanted to go through that, you can SSO everything because you've got a free SSO sitting right in front of you. You know, it, it's that, that's one thing that, you know, shouldn't be taken for granted because it's available right there in your lap. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of security things that don't take a lot of... Uh, I, I mean, yeah, a lot of it ends up costing money because, you know, if you don't do it on the front end, you know, what you lose... You will on do it on the back end. Yeah, what you lose on the back end is going to be... <laughs> I mean... Ask ask what was the what was the uh, the fuel company that got ransomware attacked? Uh, yeah, there's a few. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you no, talk about BP. The more recent one, yeah. I would say. Well, it's the, they it shut them down. That well, where they paid oh, five million. Oh, they the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah, they shut them down, and it cost them five million or whatever to, to yeah. get them up and running. Ransomware. I mean, fair for for, for, for them. Rare. It it was something that they probably did not want to uh, absorb. But I would argue that everybody's gotten smart since other companies have been uh, attacked by WannaCry, yeah. which mm-hmm. was not really effective. But yeah, everybody insurance. got the light came on and everybody got insurance. Oh, they said no. So, thing. Yeah. so five million dollars, yes, it is. It is something that for us is a lot of money, but yeah, it's yeah. trivial. It's five cents to a, Well, the point that I'm making but is it that it stopped production. The point that I'm making is that. The ransomware attackers, they chose a number that was, you are going to have to pay more than this if you don't yeah. get this back from me. So you better just pay me so I'll give it back to you. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the insurance company take care of it. Yeah, exactly. So so don't but, be the ransom, don't, don't be the people getting caught by ransomware. Yeah. I mean, it just takes one vulnerability and they're in, right? Like, yeah, this yeah. is why we, and you, you talked about it. If you're not doing scans monthly, weekly, I'd probably say you should probably do monthly because weekly would be mm-hmm. a little much unless you're moving through a lot. I mean, you just get the same on the, the report again. Right. But or you, you have be doing a these. scene in place that yes. yeah. hopefully you, you have a friend or somebody that can help you set up the scene to do the most, the top blah, 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 or the top five. I I think, I think the, the real thing that we need to look at here is basically the hobbyist is the person that's the most at risk. Yes. I think I think mid level up they they have to have this in place to get money. They have to have some type of business plan. Mm-hmm. They have to have solutions, resolutions, so forth. So for the small person, the first thing, change your password and do not make it one, two, three. You can yeah. hide your Wi Fi network. You can. Hiding it still doesn't Anything that's Wi-Fi cannot be retained inside the walls unless you put shielding. Mm. That that's the issue with Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is there's some things I can do that's relatively simple to pretty much compromise most Wi-Fi systems. Yeah, I'm just saying. It's just out, the nature of Wi-Fi. You just I'm just saying you go out into the car, mm-hmm. or if someone's trying to steal your car and they open the garage, they don't see a car there because it's hidden. Okay, put the uh, garage back they, down. They can see here. They can do that, but I'm saying the first thing <laughs> it's not is not foolproof. Let's the first thing is be practical. Cloak. Yeah. So practical yeah. things is no default password. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Not your date of birth. Nothing mm-hmm. with your name in it. Make a password that is something that only you know first. Second, let's be reasonable about what we're doing. If you're not a commercial level, um, if you're not printed on a commercial level, why is it necessary to have your printer connected outside? If you want a camera, that camera can be segmented away from your printer and be separate from your printer. Do not make the Wi-Fi camera connected to the printer. I just want to see what the printer's doing. It's no need to connect the Wi-Fi camera to the printer. If all I want to do is see my print, that should be the only thing that a hobbyist is doing is monitoring his print so he can cut it on and cut it off. And that, again, should be a separate uh, a separate area. Yeah. Not connected to the printer. Mm-hmm. Keep everything car, you know, in, in compartments. Keep everything separate. It's a, it's if you monitor, do that, it's not your a, risks yeah. go down. It, the yeah. risks don't go away. It goes down. Because there are some guys that I know, Nick, that could get into your system regardless. So, I mean, just don't have nothing on there that's IP related. And it's the, the thing is, is also, you know, you brought up the, you know, yeah. the, these, these businesses, you know, they, they get money, they have to have find a place. Uh, I, I will completely go against that thought, that, that topic. Well, but if they want to get insurance. If they want to get insurance. The insurance companies are not going to give them anything. So, but now, the thing is, is if you are a company, you are dealing with data, please get data insurance. A little something cost. And it's cheap. Have a digital copy. Have a digital twin. Have something separate. Have a offloaded copy of your IP somewhere separate. Not on the premises separate. Yeah. And, and don't name it something freaking simple. So we're going to get into cold, warm, and hot sites. But if I have papers that I need for insurance claims with my house burned down, why in the world would I keep those in the house? They're fireproof. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, to the night. Yeah, to the night. Yeah. <laughs> to the ash. <laughs> I was told they were fireproof. <laughs> Man. But, you know. A couple thousand dollars I don't get back now. <laughs> you bought that special binder when yeah. you bought it out. Man. Yeah, watch out for fishing. Hey, what about, <laughs> hey, what about that? Another one. <laughs> what about that card I had from the 80s? Mm, it's no more, brother. Talk about like the Pinto? <laughs> Freaking get rear-ended and turn into a nuclear bomb on the side of the road. Yeah, one of those. Well, yeah, I, I, I think. But I, it's, it's the thing is, is what we're trying to tell you with, with, with the cybersecurity stuff is don't do anything stupid. The, the best thing is, is be smarter than the network. You know, if it, if it's, if it, if it seems funny, mm-hmm. it probably is. Yeah, and like when you go to your door and you <laughs> unlock your door. Do you just leave it open, like wide open, or do you like close it? And, and <laughs> you have you, all your stuff in there. And, and, and if somebody emails you an STL to print that says, "Print me," that's probably not a good idea. That's probably not something you want to download. Yeah, don't just, press the just, button. Just, just saying. Press the button. Or if you get some type of alert because or you're go to Nick's house and print it on his print. Right. <laughs> well, Mm-mm. because maybe you didn't have a chance or opportunity to do the things that we're talking about. Yeah. But if you receive some type of text or email or some type of communication say, hey, your system's been uh, compromised, please don't restart the PC. Immediately unplug your PC or cut off your Wi-Fi oh, yeah. at that moment. Yeah. yeah. At that moment, unplug <clears throat> cut off the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they want you to click on it for a reason. Yeah. It is it is to entice you. So social engineering is the biggest thing that you're going to face. Mm-hmm. So please be aware of, of, of scams. Reddit has a, a, a couple of threads that you can read for free. I would suggest going to Reddit and looking yeah. at some of the scams yeah. that are out there. They are <clears throat> very, very thorough. Like it's, it's like to a T, you can almost see, oh man, this looks legit. Like I really should do this. Until you have no money and but normally they disappeared. Something will be the off. Gone. Something will be off with whatever communication you get. Mm-hmm. It, it'll it'll be in a, it'll be in italics or it'll have the wrong type. It'll have what we call jinglish. It'll have someone's interpretation of what mm-hmm. it's supposed to mean in English, or it'll be something as simple as, you know, hey, you won five thousand dollars. Hey, just send me your bank account and I'll put it in your account. 
Uh, if I won $5,000, why do I have to send you my bank account? Send the check I think to me. Yeah, I think that's one of my favorites. It's like, hey, I overpaid you. Oh, you're going to have to send me back some of that money. Click. <laughs> there, there are places in the... In, you should have just sent me a check. <laughs> in the central part of Africa, you know, uh, things that are close to the east side of Africa. There are places in India that uh, that's their, that is their business model. Is to catch, they, they, they throw out a big net yeah. to catch the one or two fish that they can get and they empty your account. So it's not just 3D printing. Mm-hmm. It can also have a, a adverse effect on your finances. Yeah, and they will call you about your card. Yeah, I think I've been doing that to myself. Emptying my own account. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> I'm, I'm the problem. <laughs> oh, so that, 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 new, that new subscription you got called House.com. You know, uh, and, there's another hundred a day. And, 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 and you know, the, the, the one that's, you know, the, the whole, I got to run to, you know, Home Depot. Um, Thank God. It's <laughs> right there. It's like, <laughs> oh, man. But now you, you have know, purpose. You, you once again have purpose. Yeah, I got purpose. I'm at 7 o'clock when it was getting dark, <laughs> shoveling the yard. I have purpose. <laughs> purpose. I got to clear this sidewalk or I'm not going to get fined. You know? that's, that's my purpose. And, you I pay $100, so I'd have to pay 300 <laughs> <laughs> There you go. You know, that, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we joke about all that, but, the, you know, same, same thing with 3D printing. It's like, because every instance, every incident can cost you another 100 If you own a house, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. Like, I'm not just talking about just the house. The house has been nice. It's been good. It's, you know, it's something, it's growing. It's getting nicer. It's, it's work that's fulfilling. But I, I can tell you one thing that, that's not fulfilling. It's, um, you know, losing all your data and getting a million and one phone calls about your car's extended warranty and yeah. you know lo- like having your identity stolen or or god forbid somebody like all i think of is you you said it earlier like i think actually last episode is like if we're if if, if me and you ed are competing companies that build the same bicycle seat and we're, we're 3d printing this bicycle seat right and i have some way into your network to create a defect in your seat I know about your defect. I can go on a marketing plan, and ours are better because watch what happens when you do this. You're like, oh, I wasn't supposed to do that. It's because I've infiltrated your network and changed your IP. I, I will give you even a worse doomsday scenario. Your IP is compromised in a mid-level to a major corporation that's 3D printing things. Mm-hmm. That IP is ends up in China somewhere, mm-hmm. and now you get... Um, Forgeries, counterfeits, and the worst thing of all is poor quality. That is going to affect your brain. You know, you're on AliExpress. Mm-hmm. So Alibaba. that, if, if <clears throat> I don't want to be into politics or anything like that, and I'm not saying this way, but learn from Amhauser Bush. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Now, learn from what I say your brain. I'll, I'll say this is I live by the motto of I'm going to spend 100 to keep 100. So I'm gonna dump, I'm gonna drop the hundred or how much how much it's gonna cost me to secure my network to secure what I what, what I use the most to set up infrastructure that made that makes the data that I use on a daily basis for my printers for what I'm doing at work and what all that is secure so I don't lose twice that amount later. Mm-hmm. I'd rather spend it now, make the money based off of IP and stuff like that. Instead of lose it, get somebody got in my network and bombed me, you know, or stole my IP and then took me to court saying I violated their freaking patent because they patented it without me knowing it. Yeah. Yeah. If you have an uh, an idea, an original idea of an invention or something like that, and you don't patent it, that's that is a terrible idea. It is going to get stolen as soon as you put it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Just one hundred percent. Oh yeah. Patent, patent, patent wars. But there's people that are looking for things like that. Then yeah. they see your product and they're like, "Oh, is there a patent for that?" No, I'm gonna make my own. But also be aware that um, nation states know that STL is a entrance to abundance of devices, mm-hmm. and they may stay dormant. Mm-hmm. They may stay, you know, just collect data for a year or so, and they may use those 3D printers that's connected to the intranet because you've connected the camera to your printer, which connects the camera to the internet, which connects the printer to the internet. So be aware that you could be one of the things that's compromising national security, too. So it's, it's a security issue, too, for everyone. 
It is a it is a community security issue yeah. because the bad guys don't necessarily attack instant. They're in it for the long run. They're in it for the long haul. Right. And, you know, I, I think that that kind of brings us to the end for this week. Yeah, we kind of have to wrap um, it up or we'd be talking for 41 minutes. And, you know, the thing is, is I'm sure we'll come, we'll, we'll look into the, the, the cybersecurity, you know, part of it next week as well. We'll, we'll see what's going on. But, you know, we just want y'all to be safe. If you have any questions, cybersecurity related, you know, send it to us an email, put, put it on the chat someplace and we can see it. You know, let us know. We'll be more than happy to jump in and take a look. You know, if it's anything that we can hop in on, look at it, you know, let you know that, hey, guess what? That's not right. Please, you know, please try this, you know, or something like that. Let us know. You know, we're not we're not going to, you know, bombard you with anything. Just, you know, if you need our help, then let us know. We'll be more happy to help you. You know, but I, I will say this. You know, I say thank you, you know, again and again and again. I can't say it too many times. You know, we're, we're a little over 1,600 or so all-time listeners. I know it sounds like a little bit, but from where we started, it's actually a lot. <clears throat> you know, and the thing is, is we're globally. You know, we're going to continue to continue to grow. We're going to continue to get, you know, talk to some of our industry partners and our industry friends that we've got, um, you know, to bring those guys on and, you know, get their opinions on a few things. So, you know, I say thank you. Um, and I'm going to pass it off to the guys for the closing stuff. So I would say we, we did forget one of the letters. We did forget <laughs> authentication. Say, hey, well, we'll no, talk, no, no, we, we talked talk about multi-factor. But, but just real, real <laughs> quick, you know, that's the MFA yeah. part of it. Yeah. Um, so... I would just like to say we do um, appreciate all of the support we're getting, all the listeners. Uh, I know I talked a little bit, I got a little long-winded today, but um, security is kind of one of my passions. Um, and I do not want to see anybody get compromised, you know, because if we do a little, a few little housekeeping things, I think we can be as safe as we're going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me is that, like, if, I mean, you said it before, if it's, too good to be true most of the time it is um if you're curious about how many times your network gets dinged make a honeypot bot Mm -hmm. that's just listening not not an actual it's just listening and see how many people and how many hits you get i I think we i I had a friend do one he was getting twenty thousand people trying to access his network daily so that's twenty thousand different attempts at your data your your identity your finances everything so just keep that in mind is even if you don't think they're trying they are trying they're absolutely trying to get a quick buck off you um and yeah i also echo these guys i'm always very thankful um you know it's it's nice to have a platform and it's also if it helps even one person it you know it's worth it so um very good feelings on those sides but um but yeah stay tuned guys we got a lot of good stuff coming in and uh we'll talk more cybersecurity with you guys next week too That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoy the show, and don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Volcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.